0: Welcome back. This is Mrs. Freeman. Our second podcast in Competing Voices of the Civil Rights Movement will focus on a review of the ideologies promoted by Martin Luther King Jr. and Joseph H. Jackson. The next voice we will hear from in our study comes from Malcolm X, who adds to the mix yet another plan of action for us to analyze. As we review and preview today, I want the essential question of this unit, was King's nonviolent resistance to segregation laws the best means of securing civil rights for Black Americans in the 1960s to be in the forefront of your mind? I encourage you to pause the podcast as I bring up questions so you can check in on your understanding. As you recall from our debate, both Martin Luther King Jr. and Joseph H. Jackson were dedicated to the pursuit of bringing the promises of both the United States Constitution and the Declaration of Independence to fruition for Black Americans. They both saw equality as not having yet been achieved. All this being said, they differed in their plans for how to help Black Americans achieve this. Martin Luther King Jr. believed the time had come for group efforts. Take a moment to recall some of the actions that stemmed from his leadership. Do boycotts like skipping school to join a downtown protest and civil disobedience of unreasonable and unfair laws, like Rosa Parks refusing to change seats on a bus, and nonviolent protests such as the March on Washington come to mind? Joseph H. Jackson, on the other hand, felt that it was imperative that this fight be individually fought by Black Americans. He believed strongly in staying committed to the existing system. If Black Americans did this, he surmised, the structure of our government could resolve these problems on its own. Now take a moment to think back on his plans. Do you recall ideas such as commit to law and order or act in conjunction with the laws of the land, use the ballot as a weapon by voting for change, develop black leaders while making use of all economic resources to build up our communities and celebrate every achievement of the nation, as it may be? Both had their reasons. I'm certain you recall the letter from Black clergymen written to Martin Luther King Jr. What was the central focus of that letter? They firmly believed that the protests and boycotts, although nonviolent in nature, would in fact lead to more violence and divisiveness. What was Martin Luther King Jr.'s response in his letter from a Birmingham jail? He stated that Black Americans had exhausted the first three steps of a nonviolent movement, and were now at the point of direct action. He made it clear that he felt major concern that the clergyman's plan of action ignored underlying issues, such as police brutality and home bombings. Now that you've had a brief review and some time since our debate to digest arguments from both sides, which side provided the strongest arguments? Those supporting MLK Jr. or Joseph H. Jackson? Go back to our essential question. Was King's nonviolent resistance to segregation laws the best means of securing civil rights for Black Americans in the 1960s? Where do you stand on this right now? And now, another strong voice enters. This is the voice of Malcolm X. Today, I want to share with you an audio file of Malcolm X speaking on Black nationalism that I'd like you to listen to before completing tonight's additional homework. Before you listen, I want to be sure you know the meaning of two key words. The first is Black nationalism, or the promotion of separate national status for Black people, especially in the United States. And the second is colonialism, or control by one power over a dependent area or people. As you listen, consider what you know about Martin Luther King Jr.'s ideology, and develop some initial thoughts, reactions, and comparisons with that of Malcolm X.
1: Once you change your philosophy, you change your thought pattern. Once you change your thought pattern, you change your your attitude. Once you change your attitude, it changes your behavior pattern. And then you go on into some action. As long as you got a sit-down philosophy, you'll have a sit-down thought pattern. And as long as you think that old sit-down thought, you'll be uh, in some kind of sit-down everywhere. It's not so good to refer to what you're going to do as a sit-in. Then right there, castrates you. Right there, it brings you down. What, what goes with it? What? Think of the image of a, someone sitting. An old woman can sit. An old man can sit. A chump can sit. A coward can sit. Anything can sit. Well, you and I have been sitting long enough, and it's time today for us to start doing some standing and some fighting to back that up. When we look at other parts of this earth upon which we live, we find that black, brown, red, and yellow people in Africa and Asia are getting their independence. They're not getting it by singing, We Shall Overcome. No, they're getting it through nationalism. It is nationalism that brought about the independence of the people in Asia. Every nation in Asia gained its independence through the philosophy of nationalism. Every nation on the African continent that has gotten its independence brought it about through the philosophy of nationalism, and it will take black nationalism that to bring about the freedom of 22 million Afro-Americans here in this country where we have suffered colonialism for the past 400 years. America is just as much a colonial power as England ever was. America is just as much a colonial power as France ever was. In fact, America is more so a colonial power than they, because she's a hypocritical colonial power behind it. What is 20th, what what do you call second-class citizenship? Why, that's colonization. Second-class citizenship is nothing but 20th century slavery.
0: After listening to Malcolm X, what are your initial thoughts? What questions do you have regarding Malcolm X? Tomorrow we will dive into a much deeper analysis of Malcolm X in hopes of discovering more information to help us decide for ourselves how we will answer our essential question. Was King's nonviolent resistance to segregation laws the best means of securing civil rights for Black Americans in the 1960s?
1: All uh-huh. right.